0: Hello everybody and welcome to episode three hundred and thirty nine of the Ask the Coach Show where Pink Seals answers your table tennis questions. I'm Jeff Plum and I'm joined as always by Supercoach Alloys Rosario. Welcome alloys. Oh
1: thank you, Jeffrey, and uh, welcome all of you listeners out there. Hope you're uh hope you're enjoying the day wherever you are, whatever
0: you're doing. Indeed. It's a, it's a beautiful day here, uh, in Melbourne. The sun is shining and yeah, wonderful to be alive.
1: It is. And my hay fever's not even so bad. So, ah, good.
0: There you go. Now I called you alloys at the beginning of the show, but, um, the comment of the week, I'm jumping right to it, alloys. Excellent. Was on the latest video, you were, you know, sporting some ear pods and, um, Someone out there, MX, said, flexing the pods there, Alex. And um, then someone commented, actually, it's Alice, but misspelled it. They forgot the O or something. And so then they spelled it up correctly again. I Alice. Know. I
1: know. The name's difficult, isn't it? Like,
0: it's I know. Different. And someone said, Alice in Wonderland is a good movie. <laughs> <laughs> and it probably is. It is difficult, isn't it? How are you meant to actually say it? Oh, Alloys. There you go. There, just
1: like that. Alloys. Alloys. Okay. And yeah, so apparently it's a very, very old German uh Bavarian, Austrian type name. So uh mm. yes. And uh, yeah, when I, I have been to Austria and Germany and you see you see the name on some, you know, old old stones and war memorials and all that sort of stuff, but uh yeah apparently um not really a modern day name.
0: Well there you go. There you go. And yeah, and there were quite a few people on the latest video, um, on YouTube commenting on your earpods and they're like, oh, AirPods gang, AirPods pro. Yeah, Jeff, Jeff, they're AirPods,
1: not earpods. I... Did I say earpods? Yes, yes. I'm sure times. I said AirPods. Yeah, several times. <laughs> so I think, uh, and I, I know because I get told off by my kids all the time and I call them, Earpods and ear, I don't know what I call them, but yes, apparently they're (laughs) airpods.
0: Okay, good to know. (laughs) (laughs) I feel so old now. I haven't felt that old for ages. (laughs) That's
1: right. Uh, And and it's
0: a very popular video. You've you've, um, done well on this one. It's about getting more spin on your pendulum serve, and Lucifer says, OMG. Maybe he's been listening to the podcast, but OMG, (laughs) this video was so insightful, I increased my match win rate by 20%, thank you. There you go. I know. Signed, Jacob. Yeah. And that's one key thing, if you're ever going to, you know, state a fact, put a percentage in there, (laughs) it makes it so much more believable.
1: (laughs) (laughs) We'll be watching out for that at the end of this show, Jeffrey.
0: (sighs) Indeed. Yeah. That's good. And... it's only meant to be comment of the week, but this video is so good. It's got so many comments. Yeah. Um, And I don't know if I should use this because a bit of a word in there. I have, it said, Akash said, I have tons of idiots showing off the elbow and calling me out for keeping it still and making fun of me. But thanks for putting this video up. Now I've got proof. There you go. So a bit of a comment there about what the video is about, but watch it anyway. (laughs) Get more spin on your pendulum serve.
1: That's it, yes. Good one, Akash. Yes. We've got yes, your back.
0: Um and I'm just going off topic here, Alois. but you know those words idiot, imbecile, um is it moron? They were all part of some kind of scale, weren't they? Do you know anything about this? Yeah, I um not not
1: well enough to comment on it, Jeff, but yes, they were some uh, some artist, guy back uh,
0: in like hundred years ago came up with some scale to rate intelligence yeah. or something and use these words. Yeah. And yeah, that's right. Yeah, I learned a while ago yeah. that of those imbecile, moron, and idiot, idiot was actually what do you think the best or the worst?
1: Oh, I reckon it's probably the worst. The best.
0: <laughs> the best insult?
1: No, the best uh, rating, I guess, or the highest functioning. That's would what that I would have thought. Right?
0: Idiot is actually yeah. the worst. Oh, it's really? The there you go. You've got hardly. You don't function very well if you're an idiot. Bit better if you. Yeah. Like, I don't remember what came next.
1: Yeah, and, and yeah, like, and and they've all become very derogatory terms nowadays, haven't they? Whereas they were, yeah, as you say, just part of a scale
0: initially. Mm, still think they might have been a bit derogatory when they first came out. Yeah, true. true <laughs> to true. actually rank you on that scale would have been a bit of an insult. Yeah yeah but yeah exactly. yeah I guess he, he was coming from a very theoretical point of view, I guess maybe I don't know, yeah mm. yeah Indeed. But, yeah, on another point of view Alois, recently i I found out, and I wasn't surprised, but the price of balloons went up there's there's always inflation in that business oh.
1: <laughs> see that's that's actually not bad, Jeff I like a <laughs> big. Deep down inside somewhere, I had a bit of a chuckle.
0: Did you? I thought you were going to call me an idiot. No, Uh, no, I wouldn't do that. Okay, there you go. Oh, well, you know, there you go. Just bringing some laughter to everybody's world. It's just what I do. Indeed. Okay, but, you know, I do really like the On This Day, or really it's On This Week segment. So what do you have for us and our listeners today?
1: Yeah, it is on this week, isn't it? I don't know why I call it on this day. Yeah, it's on this week. Um, yes. So, uh, on this week, we have the birthday of Koki Niwa. Now, uh, Koki Niwa actually just has his birthday one day after yours, Jeffrey. Yours, we did celebrate yours last week. And yours is the 9th of October. Koki Niwa, 10th of October.
0: I think you uh, got mine wrong, Alois.
1: Oh, that's right. You're the
0: 6th. <laughs> oh. Oh,
1: my goodness. My my Actually, my friend from school, um, Wayne, his birthday is the 9th of October. There you go.
0: There you go.
1: Um, happy birthday, Wayne. Um, yes. So, um, yes, uh, yeah, 10th of October, four days after your birthday, Jeff. Yeah, excellent. And, and three days after your anniversary, if you want to mention it. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, Koki Koki Niwa. So, he was born in 1994, so that makes him 26. How's my yes. math? Yes. How is my maths? Um, 26 years old. Um, he's been as high as number five in the world, you know, And, and what an exciting player to watch. I love watching him because you just never know what you're going to get from Kogi Niwa. He's got, he's a left hander. He, he's so famous for that side spin, um, side spin block and he does whole heap of things. Um, yeah, so his hand or his, yeah, his, his hand is just magnificent. You know, what he can do with, uh, with the ball. Um, and, and apart from that, he's had some huge results, um, on the world, um, level as well. So, so he actually won the Youth Olympic ga- Games in 2010. So, geez, 10 years ago, um, was a gold medalist in the singles, um, in 2010 and also won the teams event in 2010. Um, and then at the Olympics, uh, won a silver medal in the teams event. You know, that strong Japanese team in mm. 2016. Um, and silver medal at the world, um, world teams championships as well. Um, no singles, um, medals at the worlds or Olympics as yet, but he's one of those players that you just never know. Like he could come out and just, um, you know, Pull out a real uh, blinder and 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 beat some of those top players. So yeah,
0: I'm sure some of the top players look through the draw, and if they see Koki Niwa in there, they're like, oh, what am I going to yeah. get? You know, gonna um, yeah. be tough.
1: Yeah, exactly. And you know, uh, Olympics in Tokyo. Who knows? You know, with a bit with a roaring crowd, um, who knows what Koki Niwa can produce um, next year? So uh, yeah, so Koki Niwa,
0: um, happy birthday. Indeed. Happy birthday. All right. So that brings us on to the tip of the
1: week. Yes. So the tip of the week. Well, this week probably goes back a video or so, but, um, and we, we talked about it briefly, uh, in previous shows, but my tip of the week this week is behave like a dog. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> it, so like when you're eating or, <laughs> well, maybe, maybe. Um, yeah, so a couple of things I think that, you know, we can really learn from, uh, from dogs in particular, but animals in general, um, is you know, just the single focus they have for, for things. So, um, you know, if you, if you watch a dog, you know, chasing something, or if you watch them, you know, with a ball, if they're interested in a ball, um, or if you watch them, you know, with their food, for example, you know, some of them are so, um, focused on food that, you know, they'll do anything for food. And that single focus is something that um, often is a, is difficult in um, a table tennis match situation. You know, we we get distracted. We start to think about a whole lot of other things. We start to think about what might happen, you know, who might come in the door, who's watching. Um, whereas, you know, if we can keep that single focus on just watching the ball, um, playing every single point, um, as it is, then I think our performance improves greatly, you know, so, so I think that that's probably the one thing that we can, uh, learn from, learn from our animals. But then the, the second thing is also their ability to change direction. Um, mm-hmm. now, yeah, now if you watch a, a, a dog in particular, um, but you know, a lot of the agile animals, um, if you watch them change direction, it's really interesting to see what they do. So you'll see that their, their legs get further apart. They spread and they get down really low, um, low to the ground to help them to stop and then press off and then push Back the other way. And of course, in table tennis, that's a really big part of our movement is, uh, is that change of direction. You know, the ball goes out to your forehand. You've got to stop, come back, change direction to your, to your backhand. Um, so yeah, I think that's the, that's the second thing that you can start, that, um, you can think about and watch. You know, if you've got a dog, um, throw a ball, um, see, uh, see how they change direction and see if you can start to just mimic some of those actions and movements um, with that change of direction.
0: Yeah. But probably just, I would say do it on two legs rather than four.
1: Well, yeah, you never know. I mean, maybe, maybe we should be down on all fours when we're playing. <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: and like, I love the, I love the analogy there. Really good advice. Um But I think maybe you've got to have the right dog to kind of be watching because like, I've got one, or I've actually got two dogs, but I'm thinking of Chloe. She, when you talk about that single-mindedness, not so much. We'll go to the park, we'll throw her the ball, she'll run after it, she'll grab the ball, then a tree will rustle and she'll look over it, she'll drop the ball and won't bring it back to us. And now we've got to walk the 50 metres to pick up the ball and throw it to her again. And Then she'll run, pick up the ball, maybe bring it halfway, see another dog and then drop the ball and forget about it. (laughs) but she is a good mover like if she's chasing another dog or chasing charlie our other dog she's super fast and she yeah changes direction so quickly just like you said
1: yeah
0: yeah and uh, super agile and then and then can like just leap off as well like do these huge sudden jumps and then switch directions quite amazing
1: yeah, that agility is amazing, isn't it? And, and yeah, sure that, I mean, they, they do have the four legs, obviously, to be able to, um, for that stability. But if you, if you watch particularly their front legs and what they do with it, with them, um, when they're changing direction, it's, yeah, quite, uh, it, it's, yeah, right, quite enlightening to, to watch and, and, uh, and see if you can learn something from.
0: There you go. All right. So tip of the week, act like a dog. I act some, like a dog. That's right. In some <laughs> regards. <laughs> <laughs> uh, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Very good. All right. I like it. All right. Now, this brings us on to the questions. We've got a whole bunch lined up today that Thanks, are mate. really good. So, um, you know, I think you're going to enjoy this. Are you ready, Alice? You got your I, thinking cap on? I am. I am. All right. Good. It's, it's, good. it's firmly First. secured to my head. <laughs> nice. First up from Abe, he says,
1: "What is the ghost serve?"
0: Ah, oh, good question,
1: Abe. Um, yeah, the ghost serve is—it's basically just a a backspin serve, and um, I guess Marlin was, uh, yeah, Marlin mm. was the one that um that made it famous, or that you know people named it the ghost serve um, after um uh, there was a, bit, a video of him doing uh, some service practice. And yeah,
0: and did the video have the title Ghost Serve? Is that where it came from? I don't I, really know. I don't remember. Maybe it did. Because it's an interesting sort of name for it. If it's just a heavy backspin serve that comes back to the net, is there, I wonder why they chose Ghost.
1: Because because it's like a ghost is hitting it back, Jeff. Ah. Uh,
0: okay. Yeah. yeah. Kind of yeah. makes sense.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it's, it, it is just a very heavy backspin serve. It's... Usually a, a quite a slow serve. It's easier to slow serve because the, um, the amount of friction on the, that the, on the, on the table with the bit, um, allows it to stop and prop and then come back towards the net or back towards the server. So, uh, so that, that's what a ghost serve is. Oh, you just that, that a bit there, again. Oh, sorry. Yeah. yeah. I don't know what and happened. Matt, but yeah, uh, but
0: you were, so you were saying... Yeah, yeah, so that heavy... Oh, it's all gone. Um, It's all gone pear-shaped again. It's not episode 333 again,
1: is it? <laughs> no, it isn't. That, no, no, hopefully
0: that,
1: not. Hopefully, uh, that, not. We're, hopefully we're not
0: back there. The internet's just cutting out, but I think what, what I heard you say was that the, the go serve, where it comes back towards the net, is easier when it's slower because... The ball's travelling slower, so I can grip into the table a bit better and come back, um, which is interesting. But is that as useful a serve in practice? Do you think?
1: Yeah, it's not as useful because because it's so slow, um, and uh, and the, your opponent's got plenty of time to see that uh, spin on the ball and, and react to it. Um, the way I mean, the way Marlin does it. Is useful because he's hitting. He's actually hitting it quite fast um, there, and it's fast and low, and and it's still gripping on the table. But um, yeah, it's very difficult to do uh, to get that ball to come back to you if uh, if you're hitting it fast, and that's why you know uh, most players tend to serve it a little bit slower um, and uh, get that ball to come back to them, which which does sort of defeat the purpose a bit.
0: Hmm. So, I mean, I guess it's good to be able to do it because it shows that you're getting lots of um, backspin on the ball, but then maybe in a match situation, try and get the ball moving faster, but still with the same amount of backspin. It's just because it's got more yeah. forward momentum, it's not going to really come back.
1: Yeah, exactly. That's the key. So you're still generating a whole heap of backspin, but you, I guess you don't get the um, the visual reward of it coming back towards you. Uh, but it, because it's got so much spin, it's still going to hit their racket and go down and and, um, and grip and, and go back towards them.
0: Yeah, and in some ways, if the serve's a little faster but still has the same amount of backspin, they're going to have less time to react to it.
1: Yes, yeah, exactly. That's right. Absolutely. Mm-hmm.
0: All right. Good question, Abe. So, um, yeah, make sure to check out the Marlin Ghost Serve under our serving section. We'll put a link in the show notes. There's a couple of videos on that talking about how to do it and then the bad angle, um, which makes that um, easier to get that more backspin on there. Excellent. Good question, Abe. All right. Next up is one from uh, Jasper, and this is really interesting. He says, does having a team supporting you make you play better or play worse? Um, sometimes I feel like supporting puts quite a lot of pressure on me.
1: Yes. And I think that is a really interesting one, especially, I mean, when we start to talk about the Olympics being in Japan and, you know, we talked about Koki Niwa and, um, and I think this is something that will be interesting coming up to the Olympics. But on a, on a, a club level or a you know a personal level when you 're playing I think it's um, it 's something that you need to manage uh, yourself so the the effect of support can be uh, positive or it can be negative, and often it 's just about your perception of what um, of the pressure that uh, is is being put on you so you know sometimes if you 're if your friends or family or whoever are sitting there watching you and what you're trying to do is you're trying to impress them or you're worried about what they're thinking, then your focus isn't on what it should be. You know, like that dog, the dog doesn't care if um, if uh, any anyone else is watching, if they want that ball, they want that ball. Um, so I think uh, that's that's a really key part is. To just focus again on what um, what you're really doing during that point and during that match, um, but you know, I mean, it's not that easy to do, obviously, because you know you've you've got your friends come there for the first time to watch you, um, you and it's hard to just shut that out. Mm. Um, so so sometimes that can be a detrimental, but you might also enjoy that experience of them being there to support you and help you. And, and that some people naturally play better when, uh, when that happens. So yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's often just a a matter of preference uh, for the person and, and it might even change depending on who's watching you. You know, if, um, if, uh, one of your sporting heroes walked in and started watching you. You might be totally distracted and and um, and totally uh, you know uh, worried about how you're looking and what you're doing or et cetera
0: yeah, so if you are feeling like that and feeling a bit pressured when your team's supporting you, is there some things you can do to like how do you change that mindset?
1: Yeah, I think it's getting back to your processes it's getting back to uh your having a pre-point routine or just a routine that you can go through and just get your focus back to where it uh, needs to be for you to perform better um mm. i'm just uh you know if you if you're thinking about um if you're thinking about those people in the crowd think about what type of routine you can develop for yourself and this has to happen, obviously, in training, and you need to develop it over time. But yep. then you need to get back to that process. Um, and it might be, you know, taking a nice deep breath um, and focusing on the breath and then focusing back on the ball. Um, but, yeah, there's lots of ways that you can do that. But, uh, yeah, you need, to, you need to practice that. And, um, and uh, you know, if, if that's the first time it happens to you, um, it might be quite difficult for you to um, to change.
0: Yeah, yeah, and it reminds me of something I heard a long time ago. Someone said that pressure is something you put on yourself. And I think that's kind of relevant here, isn't it? Because those people are coming in and you might see that as a positive or you might let that distract you, and it's kind of your mindset that determines that. So pressure kind of, in a way, is something you put on yourself.
1: Yeah, absolutely, that's right. Uh, Yeah, exactly, that person sitting in the crowd um Isn't really having an effect. It's just what is going through your mind that, uh, that builds that pressure or builds that, um, energy for, you know, for motivation for support.
0: Yeah. And it's interesting because in team sports, like here we have the Australian football league and in that situation, the home team always seems to have an advantage, so they've got all their fans there and everything, but that seems to generally be seen as a real positive, and in the finals, if you finish higher, you get the advantage of being able to play at home with all your crowd, and they often say, oh, the crowd makes a big difference there. Um, yep. whereas individual sports, like you said, often it's sort of seen to be more of a, oh, there's a lot of pressure. So we have the Australian Open tennis here. And whenever the Australians are playing in that, they go, oh, there's a lot of pressure on them and a lot of expectations of them to do well. So they seem to focus differently, whether it's an individual sport or a team sport. I don't know if that's just, yeah.
1: um, yeah.
0: I- I think that's
1: a, I think that's a good point. You know, when, when it's a team sport, I I guess you're, um, you're used to relying on people around you and it's not just you that's, um, that's dealing with that. Um, but, you know, um, but I guess it can still affect a person within a team Mm. in different ways.
0: Yeah, indeed. So yeah, really good question, Jasper. Thanks for asking that. And hopefully, um, you got a few ideas about how you can, um think about that and help you in those situations moving forward. Excellent. Alright. Next up is a question from Toby. And Toby's been trying to do um a side spin pendulum serve and when they contact it they tend to get a lot of backspin. Um and they want to really know how can they get that side spin on it. And Toby also says that they Contact the low area of the bat and use a lot of arm and wrist and have a lot of acceleration, but he's still getting little backspin, but sometimes the good heavy backspin, a little side spin, but good yeah. heavy backspin.
1: Yeah, Toby well, that was is.
0: was a word for, wasn't it? I don't think I explained <laughs> that very well, but can you take it from here, allies?
1: Sure, sure. Um, yeah. So, uh, Toby, yeah. So Toby is getting more backspin than he wants. He wants more side spin. Toby, it's all about the angle of the racket. Um, and it's also about your perception of what the angle of your racket is. So my first advice to you is to just take a short video of what you're actually doing so that you can see the angle of your racket at the point of contact. So it's not before contact, after contact. It's at the point of contact what the angle of your racket is. Now, to get side spin, or the easiest way to get side spin, is to have your racket quite vertical. So um, for the pendulum serve, um, have the the end of your racket pointing towards the ground. Um, if you've got your racket on that angle, at the point of contact, you will get side spin on the ball um, as long as you're brushing the ball. But what usually happens is that that end of the racket tends to come up a little bit um, on contact and that's when you will start to get more, uh, backspin. So it's, it, there's no real mystery to it. It's just about the angle of the racket on contact. Um, it's about what you're actually doing and also the, your perception of what's happening with, uh, with that angle.
0: Yeah. And I like what you said about taking the video. And we mentioned this the other week. It's so easy these days. Everyone's got a phone. Just whip out the phone, take a short video and have a look and you can see. And then the other option that I sometimes find useful is if you don't have the video or don't have a phone you can take it with, like try going extreme the other way. So if you think you're going on the side, but you're still getting the backspin, try and come up over the top of the ball. Try and even go more the other way and just see what happens. Just experiment with that bad angle.
1: Yep. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's a, yeah, that, um, that going to extremes is a really good way of uh, being able to change
0: behavior. Mm, excellent yeah and good to see you practicing the uh the serve toby um it's such an important part of the game all right um next up is a question from Yazid who says when I do a pendulum serve like toby I always hit my chest <laughs> what can I do not to get it to hit my chest all the time
1: ah uh, yes this is this is a uh this is a problem um with the pendulum serve um so w- Ideally, when you're doing that pendulum serve, your your wrist and your bat are going to move really fast. And actually, one of the best ways to stop it so that you can come uh, come back and recover is to just get the bat to tap into your chest or or waist, um, uh, and then that stops it really quickly and goes back out again. But if you're doing service practice and doing that, you know, like. 100 or 200 times in a row that can get quite sore um so so one one thing you could do is uh is just put some uh like some padding underneath your shirt um where it's hitting and that will that will help um but yeah and and the other thing is you will get used to it as well so you'll start to get used to um uh, that that contact of uh of the bat on the on the waist or chest or ribs or wherever it is, um so yeah it's a it's a bit of pain for some gain,
0: bit of pain for some gain, I like it, <laughs> yeah indeed, um yeah, that's an interesting one, isn't it? I mean, you just don't think about it much once you've been serving for a long time. you just kind of um yeah, yeah, get used to it, I guess, yeah,
1: yeah, the bat sort of just you know bounces off your chest a bit, mm. yeah can can hurt.
0: Yeah, I guess it's like, um, you know, getting blisters from playing too much on your hand when you're holding the racket.
1: Yeah, exactly. That's right. This is a tough sport, isn't it?
0: Yeah. Oh, so tough. I tell you.
1: That's right. Yeah. We are, we are tough human beings, us (laughs) table tennis players.
0: Yes. Everyone who's listening and a table tennis player, give yourself a pat on the back.
1: Yeah. For surviving. Exactly. Yeah.
0: (laughs) All (laughs) right. Well, great questions. That now brings us on to OMG facts.
1: <laughs> Yoo-hoo! Okay. okay. Yeah, hang on, hang on. I just need to grab my pen, paper.
0: <laughs>
1: get 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 the Google machine ready. Yep.
0: Exactly. All right. Okay. The yep. first college t shirt was from the University of Michigan. Fact.
1: Okay. University of Michigan. Hmm. Okay.
0: The, the yep. right the right hand. Is mentioned positively 100 times in the Bible, while the left hand is mentioned only 25 times, all negatively.
1: Oh, what?
0: Yeah, what hand do you play right. down with? We,
1: we, we need to, we need to rewrite this book. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's a little old, you think?
1: It's a, it's, it's obviously old. That's right. Outdated.
0: Yeah. Oh, dear. How many times? It was mentioned positively a hundred times in the Bible, but the left hand only twenty-five times, and all negatively.
1: All negatively. Wow.
0: Uh, yep. What
1: was what were they thinking? <laughs> uh, I
0: don't
1: know. I don't there know. Was, there were several authors, right? <laughs> was there?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Several authors.
0: I I, I don't know. Sorry. <laughs> All right. Uh, I don't know how many authors there were. <laughs> not my strong suite. Um, <laughs> moving on. Yes. A jeep once called a G P or J E E P E E, meaning a general purpose vehicle.
1: Oh, really? There uh, you go. P. Yep. So um, that's not a J P for a Jeff
0: Plum. No. Ah. g p for general purpose general purpose there you go g. yeah or g p yeah there you go um now uh, this yeah, this is kind of one of those ones where I'm gonna read it out because it's interesting, but it's still back on a on a different date um right july the eleventh and twelfth today's free Slurpee day at seven eleven they do this one every year on the eleventh well see this is the American thing on the eleventh of the seventh or the seventh of the eleventh, depending where you are the eleventh of July because it was seven eleven they get a free sloopy day on seven eleven but in Australia we say eleven seven so it doesn't make sense
1: no, but they do have free sloopy days here in Australia too.
0: Yes, do they do it on
1: I think they do it in November on the seventh of November.
0: Which makes sense because it's around the other way.
1: Yeah, for us, yeah, that's right.
0: Yeah. It is interesting the
1: way that the date is written in different parts of the world. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so the, the Americans do, you, you guys do month, month. Then, month, then day, then year. It doesn't seem logical to me, but there must be a reason for it. Um, and we do day, month, year. So, if
0: day, month, year is clearly better. I mean, <laughs> it goes in order, day, month, year. Like, it's just logical, you know. Seems, seems
1: logical to us. If you're going
0: to go the other way, I can understand year, month, day. That would make sense because you're just going yeah. in reverse yeah. order, but putting month, then day, then year, you, you're just jumping all around the play. <laughs> <laughs> can, can, can someone,
1: can someone please defend? Just, uh, let us know why.
0: Absolutely. Let us know why. Uh, yeah. No, no sense. This, right.
1: this, this, this is actually interesting because I was—I've um, been sort of just getting uh, all my cousins' birth dates together, and got cousins in the U.S. and Canada and India and England and all over the place. And you know, when when you get their birth dates, you have to just have a think about which way it has been written. So yes, it has been an interesting
0: exercise. There you go.
1: Yeah. So Very I think good. I've got a few of them wrong.
0: Well, you better go back and just check mine because you're just four days off on that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Last one. A 150-pound adult on Earth would weigh 250 tons on the sun. (gasps) Oh, that's interesting. Very heavy. Yeah. So So my advice for most people is don't go to the sun.
1: Don't go to the sun. That's right. Yes. (laughs)
0: Just a tip from me.
1: Yeah. To and, keep and, you safe. Speaking of son, just you've just enlightened something with me, Jeff. So your birthday the 6th of the 10th and my son is the 10th of the 6th. So that could there you go. Wow. Yeah, that's amazing, right? That's an OMG fact.
0: <laughs> it is. <laughs> OMG. There you go. So, that's depending
1: on depending on where you are, you guys could be have the same birthday.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So if, if he moves to America, we'll share yeah. the same birthday. Yes, exactly. Great. All right. Well.
1: This, this is getting completely nonsensical. It's time it to leave.
0: So if you are still listening, yeah. thank you so much. And bye. bye. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but thank you anyway. Make sure you check
1: out com. And of course, thank you, our Thanks, Jeffrey. Thanks, everyone out there. Bye.